Welcome to the Gentle Counselor podcast, episode number 13. My name is Crystal and I'm the creator of The Gentle Counselor, where I provide online resources to support the mental health and well-being of parents and children. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest, Eric Slavowski, and he's going to talk to us today about how a mindset of courage, gratitude, and optimism can help you change your past. Eric comes from a small town in North Dakota. He's a writer, podcaster, personal development coach, stand-up comic, and educator who loves serving others, casting vision, and taking action. He's slightly obsessed with world travel, avocados, big dogs, and coffee, and he's been married for 25 years to a Brit named Estelita. He has three wonderful children, Cameron, who's 20, Cody, who's 18, and Kaylin, who's 13. He left his day job as a college professor and collegiate sports coach back in December of 2019 to pursue his true passion of operating his online coaching business, which is aimed at helping others gain clarity, resilience, and empowering others to build the lives that they were born to live. His why is largely based on his love of seeing people get unstuck, rekindle their passions, and inspire them to take action to move forward towards their dreams. And he does this because he gets the natural high from watching people grow. He also enjoys making people laugh and witnessing them feel good about themselves. Welcome to the Gentle Counselor podcast, Eric. Well, thank you. It's it's so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you on because I feel like you're going to come in with sort of a fresh set of eyes to typically what I'm talking about here on my podcast. So let's first talk a bit about what does mental health and well-being mean to you? Um, I, I think for me, it, it just really means having really just that great sense of uh, self-awareness, um, you know, learning to sort of love yourself um wherever you're at in life really you know however you're showing up and in all of our sort of imperfections and and uh and i think it's also just really realizing the value that you bring to the world and um you know not minimizing that i think that's you know just really understanding that you have something special that only you can bring to the world and i love that uh, and tapping into that That's such a great perspective. And you're so right, because I feel like a big part of when people are suffering with their mental health, it's because they've forgotten that they've forgotten that there's something really special within them. I mean, what you say really resonates with me. I think so often, you know, just there's such a stigma that's around, um, you know, just mental health too. And and that uh, that's just kind of perpetuated a lot in, in society. So I think that you know, it's, that's just a barrier that we all have to kind of face too, because I feel like, you know, our mental health is really investing in our mental health is really the best investment we can make. Definitely. I agree with that a hundred percent. And is there a current mental health concern that you have? I, I think for me right now, it would be really just looking at what's going on in our society. I think, um, you know, we're living in these times of just sort of high stress and, and just so much uncertainty. And I think a lot of people are dealing with extreme amounts of emotional trauma, you know, just dealing with, with the virus and, 
I'm just watching, you know, my own kids just kind of deal with sort of disappointment after disappointment, you know, the cancellations, for example, of their graduation and different activities being uh, canceled sort of right and left. And I look at people losing their jobs and, you know, businesses going under. And so, you know, I, I think for me, that's something that really stands out is just that we see the initial stress that's happening with all of this. But I, I think, you know, a lot of times with mental health, we don't really see the real damage until, you know, sometimes months or years later. I mean, you look at things like PTSD and they're often, it's latent, you know, it doesn't come out uh, until much later. And so that's a concern that I, I definitely have. Definitely. I think we're going to really be seeing the effects of this in months and years from now. And it's not going to be selective. You know, we're going through a global pandemic. And so it's collective trauma. Everyone is going through this right now. And it's hard on a lot of people. And you're right, we need to be very mindful of our children and how this is affecting them, especially with teenagers when their whole life revolves around being excited to graduate or have their prom and those celebrations that they're missing out on. And these are big moments that we typically have in our lives, these big events that some of us are missing. You know, and I think we're all trying to, a lot of us are trying to figure this out as we go. And I think, like you said, for, for children, it's especially difficult. So I know as a parent, a parent of three kids, we have a lot of discussions just about um, the realities and, you know, and I, and I explain to them, I don't always have the answers. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's dad, but you know, what do I do? I'm disappointed about this or I'm disappointed about that. And, and I said, you know, it's okay to be disappointed. And sometimes you just have to allow yourself to feel the feelings and not deny them, not run from them, but just allow yourself to feel the feelings until they don't need to be felt anymore. And, um, but it's, it's certainly disappointing and uncertain. That really is a perfect approach though, because often when we are feeling sad or hurt, all we want is for someone close to us to acknowledge how we're feeling, to just say, hey, yeah, I can see you're really sad. And that sucks. This does suck. And for us as parents right now, this is sort of our first time going through anything like this. So even though we're the adults, we are also still trying to figure out what is going on. And, you know, the news changes every day. And I know you're in the US. And so even things for you are probably different for us here in Australia. And it's just presenting a whole variety of different challenges that we have been dealing with for the past few months and that we're going to have to keep working with. Yeah, for sure. As you said, there's just there's so much information out there. So while you're trying to navigate your mental health, you're also trying to navigate <laughs> this information at the same time, which is often conflicting uh, the information. So I think it just, you know, it just makes it extra hard. And, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about in our household is just having radical empathy for each other and, you know, and radical empathy for our family and friends and and even strangers, you know, just, just understanding that uh, we really don't know what other people are going through in, in, until we've walked a mile in somebody else's shoes. You know, we just don't know the, the trauma and the stress that, that people are carrying out there. So just, just having that mindset of radical empathy for, for you know, for everybody. That's beautiful. I love that radical empathy. And can you share with us a bit about your own 
journey with mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, for me, it, I think trauma uh, started early. So my mental health had challenges uh, when I was about three years old, just before my third birthday, I lost my father uh, to a drunk driver. And he was 21 years of age. Uh, when that happened, my, my mom and him got married. They were sort of high school sweethearts and they got married uh, basically just after high school and then had me a short time later. And so, uh, so I have this kind of, I don't know, almost like a dark first memory. I've always had a really good memory because people are always surprised. How can you remember something from when you were three years old? But my first memory is, is seeing my dad in his casket, um, when, uh, you know, when I was, when I was three and, uh, you know, so it just, it just seemed like from very early on, I was, um, well acquainted with, uh, challenge, I guess you could say trauma and, you know, and this put my mother into a sort of, I guess you could say an emotional tailspin. Um, she ended up, uh, having to be, you know, treated, uh, for a while in a hospital because, uh, just emotionally, she was heartbroken and she just had so much trauma to deal with at such a young age and really just didn't understand how to process it. So I spent a lot of time kind of living with my grandparents, going back and forth. Uh, my mom ended up getting involved then in a mar- another marriage a couple of years later. And that was, uh, that was sort of an abusive situation. Uh, even though the marriage lasted, I guess, seven, eight years, it just... Uh, there were tough times. Uh, my, you know, my mother and father in that second marriage, they fought quite a lot, um, very physical kind of fights. And I was often drawn in the middle uh, of, of the situation. And, and uh, it, it didn't end well. Uh, you know, my mom ended up getting involved in some just different, uh, you know, affairs and things of that nature. So I, I knew that, uh, you know, that I wasn't having sort of, I guess you could say the normal childhood. I, I see my friends with their parents and I, I just felt so out of place because I often felt like I was kind of growing up to be this counselor more to my mom and uh, sort of dealing with the abuse from the dysfunctional marriage and like I said, being in the middle of it. And so, you know, so I would say, you know, when we were moving around quite a bit too, in those days, I, I went to like seven, eight different schools growing up and so I feel like, you know, early on, my mental health was severely, you know, I was just challenged in terms of I didn't have a sense of self. Um, I felt very unstable. And as my mom dealt with her own trauma, you know, it's oftentimes it sort of came out on me, um, you know, and there I just remember lots of lots of things that just really shook me in my shoes um yeah I remember from an early age being told that I was uh you know I was worthless and uh you know I remember being told that you know my mom telling me she wished she would have never had me and so I you know I just remember being eight nine years old and hearing those statements and just it just rocked my world and so um you know from very early on I I I had some real struggles and real doubts about who I was and low self-esteem and Hopefully that gives you a picture. Just there are lots of challenges very early on. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I'm just, 
I'm feeling very sad. Like I just want to give you a big virtual hug because I'm so sorry for all the hardships that you've gone through such a young age. And that's like numerous separate traumatic events that you would have gone through, but it's interesting that you can still manage to have some empathy and insight about your mother who was also very young going through these struggles. After talking about the struggles that you've gone through in your life, what did you do or what are you currently doing for your mental health? I think, you know, really early on, I started to see that, that I really needed to reach out. Um, and fortunately for me, I had some, I had some very good, I would say positive figures in my life, my grandparents. Um, I also had a few teachers and sports coaches that, that, that knew I was struggling. And so I think that's one of the things that I did early on is that I reached out to mentors and resources and, and, um, and just, you know, has had people to listen to me, um, to, you know, so, so that I could sort of get this stuff out because I think a lot of times we internalize you know, mental health issues and, you know, we, we sort of repress uh, things that are painful. We, we stuff them. We can do a good job sometimes of stuffing things down inside of ourselves. And so, so it really helped me to be able to, to talk, to sort of talk some of these things out with people that I cared. Uh, and the other thing, you know, a few other things I think that were important for me too, is just, I found things that, that distracted me. Uh, for me, it was, you know, I was always into sports. And so sports proved to be very cathartic for me. Uh, you know, I know it's different things for different people, so, you know, maybe art or music, but for me, it was sports. And so it was a way to sort of get out a lot of my anxiety and angst and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, you know, and I was a person of faith too, uh, especially as a younger person. So I, you know, I clung to, uh, just sort of this hope that that rested in my faith and, and just, uh, um, you know, just, just really kind of, you know, hung on to that. And as I got older, I, you know, I reached out to counselor, to a counselor too. And when I was uh, in college, I, I took that step and went and saw a counselor for a while. And that was just, it was so valuable, you know, just, just such a valuable experience to, be vulnerable and just sort of admit everything wasn't right with me and to step out there and talk to somebody about it. That's so great that you were able to do that for yourself as well, because I'm sure that's probably one of the big first steps that you would have taken to really start your own healing journey. And it's obviously brought you to this place now where now you're at a point where you're able to support and help others in such a holistic and authentic way. Who do you think has supported you the most along the way? Um, I think the coaches that I've had have definitely, uh, you know, a couple sports coaches that I had when I was younger have been pretty influential. Um, my, uh, I had a couple family members and a couple uncles too. They're my dad's brothers. Uh, and they, you know, they understood that with the passing of my dad and, and then, you know, my, my mom's second marriage didn't work out. I, I essentially really grew up without a father figure. So I think my uncle's sort of stepping in, even though one lived in Germany for a while and the other was in California. So I didn't actually see them a lot. And there was no texting, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing in those days. But it was, you know, there was phone calls, letters, 
and things like that. And, and my grandparents were like, really like sort of the rock of Gibraltar in my life. They were just, you know, steady and sturdy and always there. And, and um, uh, you know, the counselor that I saw. And I think, you know, as I got older, my wife just really was somebody for me that, you know, it was really familiar because I just, I shared, you know, when we met, I shared about my past and uh, just a lot of things that I'd been through and, and my wife was, or has really always been just a, a great source of strength for me and, and somebody that's has great empathy and gives me a lot of grace. And, you know, so that, that certainly has been helpful to be married to my best friend and uh, you know, just somebody that's able to sort of help me uh, on my journey in life. That's so wonderful. And really, that's all we want from someone in a relationship, especially people that have past traumas. You just need someone in your life that is kind of going to be that sturdy rock that can calm you when you're on the ups and be there to listen whenever you need them. And That's so wonderful to hear that you have someone like that in your life. What is some of the best advice that you've received? Uh, I think it's really that we, that create my life really from future possibility, um, not from my past. And, you know, I've, one of the things that really has drawn me to coaching is just that it's so future focused and, I've spent so much of my life trying to make sense of my past, which I, I think we have to understand our past. We have to process it. We have to deal with it in order to, to sort of live in the present, but also to have optimism for the future. But I, I think that as I've gotten into coaching, it's really helped me sort of change the relationship that I have with my past and in many respects change my past. And I know it probably sounds a little bit odd, but, I think, I think it was Dan Sullivan that said that, you know, we, we can take what we want from our past, but we can leave the rest behind. And that, you know, that's just really resonated with me is that our, really our, our past only exists in terms of the thoughts that we have about it now. And the beautiful thing about life is that we get to choose what thoughts uh, we believe to be true about ourselves. So I, I think in terms of my past, those are some things that that really resonate with me. And also just being willing to fail and put myself out there. And, and you know, I've changed my relationship with failure, um, I, especially in the last couple of years. I've stepped out there a lot more. And I, I, I used to, you know, view failure as just this big, bad, you know, big, bad, dark thing. And, and, uh, I, I guess I look at failure more now as like not trying. Um, and I've learned to realize that, you know, sort of this combination of fear and failure, you know, they're, they're going to be there. And, and um, I was reading a book by Liz Gilbert and she was talking about how, how fear is going to be with us, but it's, it's like we acknowledge it and we say, well, you're there but you're going to have to sit in the back seat because I'm driving. This is my life. And I see you fear. I acknowledge you, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to take a back seat in my life. And so I, I feel like that's sort of happened for me in my life. And um, 
And lastly, I, I would say just my capacity to evolve comes from the action that I'm willing to take in my life. Uh, and so over the last couple of years, especially, it's just living more based on action and working to get out of my head. Because I believe when we take action, it brings clarity, probably more than anything else. So um, those have been some big game changers for me. That's such good insight that you just shared with us all. And you're right that it's not trying that's really failure because it's by doing things and doing hard things that give us answers and shows us where we need to grow more or learn more. And so we should be focusing on what can I gain from this experience and then what can I do next time or what can I do in future to keep propelling me forward. What are some of the uh, tools or resources or books that you found really influenced you and um, sort of gave you inspiration and support that you could recommend to anyone that's listening? One of the things that's really inspired me is just, of course, a lot of the work that Brene Brown does. Um, really like enjoyed her TED Talk on, on vulnerability. That, that's just, every time I listen to that, it just speaks to me so much. Um, I also, a couple podcasts I listen to, I enjoy listening to Lewis Howes. Um, he has a, a podcast that he does called The School of Greatness and so has a lot of different guests on that uh, just really talk about, you know, what's possible. And, and um, that's uh, just one of my favorites. There's uh, a book that I just finished reading called Prisoner of Our Thoughts um, by Alex Patakos and just a big believer in doing thought work and and uh, it was very helpful helpful to me and then lastly uh, Stephen Pressfield uh, read three of his books and in many aspects these are geared more towards people that are I guess you could say involved in creative pursuits whether it's painting or writing, uh, you know, starting a business, starting a podcast, uh, you know, it's, it's the thing that you know that you, you really need to be doing. And um, so he's got three books where he talks a lot about resistance and the things that sort of get how a lot of times we are our own worst enemy and how uh, there's this thing called resistance, which is essentially, you know, fear. It's fear in the form of procrastination, rationalization, uh, and perfectionism, imposter syndrome, sort of all those things that can get in our way. So he talks a lot about those in the three books are The War of Art, uh, Do the Work, and then Turning Pro. And so so those three books are just really short, easy reads. We can knock those books out in probably a couple hours each, but they're just, uh, they've been amazing uh, and just very beneficial for me. What is something that you wish you could tell yourself during your darkest moments? You know, I think it would be just really to allow myself to feel and embrace um, the, the the negative, you know, those dark emotions and, until they pass through. Just like I said earlier, you know, just talking to my kids about, I, I can't always make it better. You know, I, when those feelings come, they're really just, they're just visitors. And we sort of have to allow ourselves to, to, to you know, to feel them and process them. So I, I wish I would have known that many years ago. 
And because uh, now it gives me hope and it, it helps me to realize that that eventually it's kind of like a cloud. It'll, it's, it's eventually going to pass through. And so that gives me hope. And um, it reminds me that darkness will eventually turn to light. We just have to be, um, we have to be patient with ourselves and stay out of judgment and, and uh, you know, just kind of be gentle with ourselves. Our perception on feelings needs to change sometimes because they change, they they flow, they come and go, and you could feel a whole range of emotions in one day or even in one hour. Um, and it's important to remember that it's not forever and that you will f- get through it and it will pass. Like you said, with clouds, and one of the other analogies, it's sort of like it's bubbles, it's like your thoughts, like they kind of go and then they float away and then they pop and it's gone. Same thing as feelings, they're just there for a moment. So we're coming to the end of the podcast now. Is there a, a last bit of advice that you would like to offer our audience who are listening? I think, you know, really it's just that in terms of our, our thoughts, which I think, I believe it's sort of what drives, you know, so much of our, just our everyday existence. Um, you know, when you think about how much time I always ask myself, how much time am I spending daily in negative thoughts, um, self-doubts, fear, worry, uh, comparing myself to others, you know, imposter syndrome. So in just in terms of those thoughts and, and then that realization that I get to decide what I believe to be true about myself, that I have a choice. And I think that's just very, very liberating so that that's what i would really say it's just um you know not just concerning our past but our future too that you get to choose how you tell the story about your life it's your version and you get to choose and i think there's a beauty in that 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 realizing that mindset is just so powerful it's, you know, it's not always really what's happening to us, but it's really how we perceive and how we choose to view uh, the circumstances that, that are that, you know, taking place in our lives. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on to the podcast today and talking with us. Can you tell us how to find you? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, on my website, uh, it's very easy to find. It's just uh, ericslavosky.com. So it's just last name's a little tricky, but it's S-L-I-V is in Victor, O-S-K-E-Y. And same thing, find me on Instagram and uh, got a Facebook uh, business page and also on Twitter at Eric Slavosky. Great. And I'll have all of those links listed down below for anyone that wants to check you out. Thank you so much again, Eric, for coming on to the Gentle Counselor podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.